0: This is the Holland Assets Podcast, where we show you how to start and run your own trucking company. Ever wanted to go out on your own? Follow Chris as he goes through the highs and lows of running on his own authority. Welcome, everybody, to episode number 59 of the Holland Assets Podcast. I'm Craig, and he is... Chris. Chris, we are here to talk very nicely about you for a a half hour. Yeah, just is, saying nice things.
1: It's um, it's going to be a little bit of self bragging. So I'm I'm not sure how excited <laughs> I am about this, but the subject of the episode kind of uh, kind of demands it.
0: Well, okay, so today we are going to be talking. It's titled "Be Deliberate," and we're going to be talking about something that Chris has brought up several times over the last year or so on the podcast, and that's having an owner mindset and shifting into that owner mindset and what that entails and one of the things is about being deliberate now the thing is uh yeah this is going to be very biographical we're going to be talking about a lot of your experiences your life stuff you have mentioned several times in previous episodes that you own a lot of businesses and so and so hauling assets is not your first rodeo and you're going to be talking about a lot of that business experience and what it means uh, as far as an owner's mindset to be deliberate, right? Yeah,
1: yeah, a lot of a lot of the business experience and really just life experience because some of this stuff is, you know, even really started and the mentality really started even before I started my businesses. It it's something I've i you know kind of something that's bred into me, I guess to to a certain extent, and um, should should be interesting. I'm hoping you know I. I feel incredibly blessed. I'm, I've, I I've feel like I've been fairly successful in life. And, and a lot of it is because of this, you know, the ownership mentality, the owner mentality, and just the fact that I've been deliberate since I was really young in age. And it's really is what has guided me and, and helped me achieve the success that I have at this point in my life. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, we're going to get there in just a moment. But first, I'll remind everybody for full show notes for this and past episodes, go to com. That's Holland with no G, HollandAssetsLLC.com. And go check out past episodes there. You can listen in, you can comment, you can see the full show notes, all the documents and things that we share uh, on many of our episodes. So please go there and find us on Facebook. If you want another way to contact us, to reach out, to ask any questions you'd like us to address, on the show. You're welcome to do that in either of those places. So uh, let's see. I think that's all the, the housekeeping,
1: Chris That should be all the housekeeping. But, uh, so
0: that means before we get to the subject at hand for today, I've got to ask you what's been happening out on the road lately.
1: Well, it's, it's been a crazy week. Um, it, it's, uh, we're the weekend after labor day weekend. And I, can I tell you how much I hate having a truck out on the road over the weekend? You know, one it's, it's, Mike's great because he actually likes to be out on a holiday weekend because he'd just as soon stay away from the crowds and then take a week or you know, weekend or something off. Some other weekend. Some other weekend when he can, you know, take things off a little bit. But anytime you're trying to pick up a load or deliver a load on a holiday weekend is just a nightmare. I mean, it took him seven hours to get unloaded at a receiver on on Monday on Labor Day. Mm Yeah. Ugh, they're just, it's never fun.
0: Well, there's that. And there's the fact that we missed our deadline this week, Chris. This episode is a day late. We did.
1: We we have a pretty good excuse for that, though. I, I'd say so.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, th- this week. And I was thinking of you, actually, a, a few times yesterday. We had this crazy windstorm come through northern Utah. Uh, a lot of property destroyed. I, I haven't heard reports of anybody hurt yet, but I kind of... Oh, there was just,
1: one person killed. they. they oh, I, I didn't read hear it, it. it. Yeah, one, one person died. Several anyway. injuries. Yeah,
0: no joke. And uh, anyway, but I was thinking about it because I was just thinking, man, it must be a nightmare to even think about having a truck out on the road oh, right now. Yeah,
1: I, I, Mike was in Dallas so far away from Utah, thank goodness. But yeah, it, it, it was crazy. Um, I, I read a news article that on uh, Monday night, Tuesday morning, uh, there were 45 semis got blown over throughout Utah. Jeez. My my brother had a, a big tree in his front yard of 25 plus foot pine tree get blown over into the street. So my dad was driving to go help him, you know, cut it apart and get it out of the street. And he said in a five-mile stretch on I-15 between Farmington, Utah and Centerville, Utah, so just a little bit north of Salt Lake, he counted 14 semis that had been blown off the road. Night blown word. over. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy.
0: Yeah, it's uh you could look out and see them all kind of just Sitting there, you know, they all pulled over and just sat and prayed. Yeah, they 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 <laughs> that they couldn't get knocked over.
1: I mean, there there were reports of gusts up to one hundred and twelve miles an hour. Yeah.
0: Anyway, so point being, it was crazy out on the road, and it also knocked out the power and the internet access. And so, yeah, we couldn't make our show. Sorry, everybody, yeah. we're a day late.
1: We're you know we're we're recording on Wednesday. And so this is two days, really, a day and a half, two days after the storm. There's still places without power. Yeah,
0: yeah. Anyway, luckily, we've got it back here. So let's go ahead and talk about the subject at hand, Chris, and that's being deliberate. How do you want to start with this? Do you want to talk about the definition of deliberate, kind of how you approach that word?
1: I I think that's a a great place to start.
0: Webster's Dictionary defines (laughs) deliberate as... No, not like no, that. No, no, yeah, do it. That's good. That's I, a good. I don't actually know. Right I don't I don't know the dictionary definition.
1: The definition is done consciously and intentionally.
0: Okay. All right.
1: So, uh, you know, being deliberate just yeah, it, to me it just seems like you've got a good fixed goal and idea of what you're going to do and, and you just kind of go out and, and do it and make it happen, right?
0: So, you said goal and I'm I'm trying to think, okay, I'm going to be thinking constantly through this episode about the idea of an owner mindset and i feel like goals are going to be the major like keyword yeah to go goal, along goals, with this
1: the, so however you want to put it a goal or you know in the military we like to to refer to this as an end state you know where do you want to be at some point in the future what what does that future look like and then re- really being deliberate is just creating that path or creating that plan that gets you to that end state that goal
0: okay all right Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Okay, so good. Why is this something that you wanted to talk about? I gather that you feel like this is something you're good at.
1: It it is. I feel like something I'm really good at. There's not a whole lot of things in life that that I feel like I'm good at. One, I'm super passionate about this. Uh, I feel like I'm good at it. Um, And it's something I've really been doing ever since I was young, since I was a teenager. You know, I've I've been deliberate about all that I do. I consciously make the decisions in my life are kind of focused around this. So when I was younger, you know, even in my teenage years, I kind of made the decision in my mind that I wanted to be financially successful. And that's always something that's been incredibly important to me. Um, you, you take, for example, as a teenager, when I was you know going through high school in the summers, instead of you know taking the summer off and playing with my friends like most people did, I'd go live with my grandparents. You know, that were an hour plus away and work on the farm 80 hours a week. And
0: uh, and at that time, so as a teenager, you were thinking to yourself, I'm going to do this because uh, all my other friends are not going to make any money <laughs> <laughs> and, and I want money.
1: I just, I knew I wanted to be financially successful. I knew I wanted to be financially independent at some point. So I just, I I started making those deliberate decisions in my life early on that I'm going to do the things that Will help me get to that end goal of being, you know, financially successful. And and I, as time went on, I kind of defined that. I kind of created a, an idea or that end state of mind of what that financial success really means. Because you know, for for one person, financial success can mean one thing. For another, some for somebody else, something completely different. So I I developed what I saw as that what that financial success was.
0: And what is that? So how did you end up defining it?
1: So my my ultimate end goal is to be financially independent by the time I'm 50 years old.
0: Okay. Now, hang on, because I've heard
1: this term before. I want to be financially independent. What in the world does that mean? So, And it probably means something a little bit different for everybody. But for me, that means if I want to quit my job, I can quit my job. I've got my nest egg or retirement funds or whatever it is that I need, my rental properties that produce income. So I'm living off this passive income and I can do what I want. If I want to keep working and keep earning money, I could do that. If I want to quit my job and lay in bed and eat bonbons all day, I can do that too. <laughs> Which <laughs> We should
0: point out, by the way, just what a relaxed posture you have on the couch right now. I'm full
1: on lounging too. Yeah, he's he's, uh, yeah, he's Jeff great. Goldblum in Jurassic Park <laughs> over on that couch.
0: Luckily, his shirt's still on. Uh, okay, so so financially independent means you, you have everything you need yep. to support yourself.
1: Yep. I don't need a job, I don't need anything else. I I'm I I can survive doing nothing if I wanted to. Okay. And when did you come up
0: with that goal?
1: Um I, I was probably when I got it to that point where I defined it like that, mm-hmm. I was probably in my early twenties. Okay. Um, wow. Really in my early 20s. But even before that, I was doing things I'm in to my kind mid- of help me get that. I'm in my mid-30s and I just learned what financially independent <laughs> means. Okay. So for
0: all the rest of you we'll, out
1: there, I'm with you. We'll get to this later, but it's never too late to start. <laughs> I was just going to ask you. No, I was going to ask you. Yeah, we'll come to I this later. I want to, later, talk, to but... talk a little bit more about that at the end, but it is never too late to start. Okay. Sorry, but you were saying. So even early on, like when, right as I was getting ready to finish high school, I knew I wanted to go to college and I was wasn't smart enough to get scholarships or anything like that. So I decided to join the army to help me pay for college. And I did that because I knew I wanted to get out of college without any debt. And, you know, I, I started making those kind of financial decisions pretty early on in life to to help prepare the way so I could, I could reach that financial independence. But like, like I said, I, I really honed it in, in my early twenties and, and really kind of created that more that end state. So the end state was financial independence by the time I was 50. And, um, you know, one of the things that the army over the years has taught me really well is a concept called backwards planning. I, I think we've, have we talked yeah, about yeah, it? We've, we've talked a little about, bit about it. Is, is I,
0: this the beginning with the end in mind? Yeah.
1: Beginning with the end in mind and kind of working your, working your way backwards. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, um, the financial independence thing, you know, at the age of 50, that's a that's a goal that is, you know, at that point, I mean it was 30 years in the future, it was a long ways in the future. There's a lot of things that need to happen to get there. And so you you kind of start that backwards planning process and I really kind of created steps along the route. So I decided that by the time I was 40, in order to be financially independent by the time I was 50, I needed to have a net worth of at least a million dollars. Okay. All right. And then I took a step back even further from that. I I looked at, okay, so by the time I'm 30, I wanted to own a million dollars worth of real estate. So I kind of set all three of those goals up in my early 20s. A million dollars worth of real estate by the time I'm 30, I wanted to um, have a net worth of a million dollars by the time I was 40. And then I figured if I was able to do those two things, I'd be financially independent by the time I was 50.
0: How old are you right now?
1: Forty-two. And and I've made the first goal. You did. I did. Yeah. The absolutely. first goal being the, uh, well the million not, dollars in real estate. No, actually, I didn't make that one. Oh, okay. I made. I've I've got the forty one. So I, I actually we'll we'll talk a little bit wait, about wait, wait, this. Wait. But I, <clears throat> you're saying you're worth a million dollars. I am. Okay. Yeah, I, all right. I We're,
0: do. Yeah. All right. We'll talk about money later, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna—is this
1: where you ask for a raise? That's right. That's right. <laughs> no,
0: okay. But the first one, okay, back up to the real estate one. You wanted to own a million dollars in real estate by the time you're 30, and I you did. didn't achieve that. I did not. Oh, no. Nope. So how close did you get?
1: I got pretty close. Um, I I started buying my my first piece of real estate. So I I, I was kind of slow. I got out of college a little later on in life than I would have liked to. I. I graduated when I was about 26 27 years old and within that first year after I graduated you know I finally have a steady income I'm finally making money and that's when I per- purchased my first piece of real estate but what I did is different than what most people did because I, I was deliberate about what I was trying to do in in achieving those goals so you know you think about it most people they graduate from college or a trade school or they get you know their first job or they're making a steady income they want to buy real something real estate wise, what do they do? Buy a house. They go out and buy a house, right? A single family home, you know, like their starter home, right? Yeah. That's, that's, that's typically what most people do. I did something a little bit different. Um Yeah, my, me
0: me too. I rented for eight years.
1: <laughs> yeah, but that's, uh <laughs> that's, that's probably not the best route if you're trying to, trying to build that net worth. <laughs> so, I'm a, big, I'm a big firm believer in real estate. Um, I think it's a great vehicle to get you some, some net worth. And so what we decided to do You're was- We being you and your wife? Me and my wife. Okay. We decided instead of buying a single family home, we would buy a fourplex. We'd live in one of the units and rent out the rest. So we started looking pretty quick for a piece of real estate. And we ended up doing that. So 27 years old, I buy my first piece of real estate and it's a- um, fourplex. So here's where one of the differences is, and, and this is part of the whole being deliberate thing. I was conscious about trying to build that net worth, buying that real estate. And the the piece of property we bought was a $320,000 Fourplex. Now I couldn't afford a $320,000 home, single family home at that, that time. Do, do you know why I could afford to buy a Fourplex? Because that it was worth that
0: much. I well, there's two options here, right? Either family or you knew you'd have the extra income.
1: I, well, no, family didn't help the extra income, yes. Because now, instead of buying you know, when you buy a $320,000 single family home, who's paying the entire mortgage? You are, you are. But when you buy a fourplex, you can tell the bank, You you can tell the bank, and the bank will allow you to include. Some of that rental income as part of your income, even before you buy it, hmm. so that you can you know you can buy something. I probably would have only been able to afford a hundred fifty to a two hundred thousand dollars home at that time. Instead, we buy a three hundred twenty thousand dollars piece of real estate, and what it what ends up happening is two big things happen there. Um, I'm, I'm essentially buying a property that's going to appreciate at two times the rate of a hundred fifty thousand dollars home. So, and and then also the mortgage is going to get paid off. You know, a much bigger chunk of mortgage is going to get paid off over the thirty years of the loan because it's a, a higher value property than the one hundred fifty thousand dollar property. So basically, what that kind of boils down to is I'm I'm gaining equity at twice the rate I would have otherwise if I just bought that one hundred fifty thousand dollar starter home.
0: And that was your first piece of property, and then you went on and bought others as well, right? We
1: did, and so my, my wife and I over the next you know, three or so years after that kind of did the same thing. We went and bought another fourplex and then we went and bought a duplex. So by the time I was 30, I I just closed on the the third piece of property. And it was a, at that point we had about $800,000 worth of real estate.
0: And wait, and what year was this? I'm, um, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm getting a picture in my head and I feel like I already know the answer. Let's
1: see. This was, um, 2008. Yeah. Okay. That's what I want. <laughs> <laughs> and if you know anything about 2008, it wasn't a good year to be buying real estate.
0: I don't know much about, uh, the, what did you say? Backward, backward role, planning, backward planning, but yeah. I can do backward math. Okay. He's 42 years <laughs> old. Now. Yeah. Okay. All
1: right. Yeah. So that, that wasn't exactly the best year to be buying real estate. And so, but that, that brings me to another really good point, you know, about this whole thing. Um, Things change, right? Yeah, you know, are you always going to meet your goals? You're always going to, you know, is everything going to lay unfold exactly as if you, as you've laid it out? Of course not. No, it never does. You know, in the in the military, another one of the things that we like to say is, you know plans change as soon as bullets start to fly. Right. And it's kind of the same thing in a situation like this, you know, you're always going to run into issues. You're always going to run into problems. There's going to be things out of your control that you have to deal with. And that's exactly what happened in this point in 2008 happened. The real estate market crashed. We in the, in the previous three or so years before that had just closed on three pieces of real estate. Now all of a sudden, you know, we we've hit one of the worst real estate markets in the world. And, and you know, really two of those pieces of real estate were basically purchased at the peak of the bubble yeah. right the worst yeah. almost the worst possible timing
0: yeah yeah that makes a lot of sense so now tell me a little bit about how this applies to the subject today which is being deliberate is it essentially that if i understand right you knew what you where you wanted to be by the time you were 50 and so you set a goal of here's where I want to be the, by the time I'm 30 to get me there that incremental growth yeah, you, right is that what you're talking about being yeah, you've deliberate got
1: those, you've got those intermediate steps and then the decisions that you make in life are going to be focused around making those goals and that's how you've got to be deliberate is you've you've kind of created this plan of where you want to be in life or your business or whatever it is where it needs to be at a certain period in life and then you have to be Extremely deliberate and laser focused on achieving those goals and getting to those specific points. Yeah. Now it's not always going to happen like it did with you know with with the real estate because of two thousand and eight and everything that happened right there. And, and you know, a few years after that, I bought my first business, and you know, we weren't able to buy another piece of real estate for about six years after yeah. that happened. We were we were lucky; we were able to keep afloat. We didn't ever have to sell anything or go into foreclosure anything like that but we basically kind of to a certain extent had to put those some of those goals on hold
0: yeah and this is uh, again i'm going to go back to something i kind of hinted at earlier in the episode and that is that yes this does apply to owning your own trucking company (laughs) and we're going to kind of get there right right now we're just kind of talking about that mindset that you
1: had we're talking about the mindset and we'll transition to trucking so bit,
0: yeah so and i just wanted to remind people that yes we are we're, we're putting puzzle pieces together so <laughs> be patient with us so i want to go to your second goal then and how you got to where you were by the time you were 40 and uh, and then we'll talk about uh how things are going at this point right so tell me about uh, about the journey in your 30s to get to that second goal of being worth a million
1: dollars. So those, those 30s, my 30s were really actually pretty productive for me, um, especially that latter half of my 30s. Um, I, I was able to purchase another, um, my, my first business um, in, in about my mid 30s and was able to really kind of focus on it, get it running really well, working really well, making some money. Um, in that meantime, I couldn't buy any other real estate because of the market. And then also when you start a business, you know, you're typically not going to get a a loan on a piece of real estate from anybody for at least two years after the time that you start. So all those things kind of, kind of put that off and wasn't able to buy my next piece of real estate until I was well into my mid thirties. But, Everything eventually kind of caught up because I was I was still working on that goal of, of my forty year goal. I was still working on the thirty year goal, even though I, the the time had passed. But was eventually able to get there. And as you've known over the last you know five or six years, the real estate market has recovered really well. It's kind of gone through the roof. I ended up buying my fourth piece of real estate before everything really started kind of taking off. And so it's it's was kind of bought more at a low instead of at a high. And it's been a, a super good purchase. And I was able to buy a fifth one within the last couple of years. And, you know, at, at that point, I've gotten well over the million dollar mark in real estate. And I've, I've gained a lot of equity in the real estate, you know, a lot of um, success with the business. So there's value there. And that's really kind of what helped me get to that point where I, I was able to play catch up and got to the point where I was able to accomplish that 40 year goal of you know having a net worth over a million bucks.
0: Wow well, and and it was largely the real estate plus the businesses that you had started.
1: Yep. okay, Whew. all
0: right. <laughs> so this is a lot and and the reason why I keep uh, kind of you know wowing at all this is because this is a mindset that I frankly don't have. And so, and again, like you said earlier, we're going to be talking about, you know, it's never too late. And I would also just put out there that you, you're never the wrong kind of person to do
1: something like this. You don't have to be just like Chris. Anybody can do it. It's just, it's just knowing what you want in life and what's important to you. And setting a goal to achieve that, and then you know whether you backwards plan or forwards plan, just creating a, a, a well-defined plan with good goals to get you there. We and we've talked a little bit about goals in the past. Those goals, if you use that SMART acronym, if you remember that right, see if I can remember. It yeah, off the I top was going to say head. it's up to you. <laughs> so SMART: specific, measurable, um, Attainable. achievable. Oh, okay. Um, realistic and timely. There we go. Smart. <laughs> nice. <laughs> you, you, you develop goals that, that meet that smart acronym and you, you can get there. And it's, it's like eating an elephant. You got to take just one bite at a time, you know, create those intermediate goals to help you get to and achieve that, that big ultimate goal. And and for me, it, it was that financial independence. That was my big ultimate goal. I had a time period of when I wanted to be there and it just kind of, work my way towards it
0: yeah again let's come back in a little while to um to what people like myself or maybe some of those listening how they can get into this mindset in their own way but let me back up a little bit and say okay you've already mentioned the financial crash of 2008 and that wreaked havoc on any plans you had for real estate investment at least you know for a few years and so tell me about any other setbacks that you faced do we like you said, this isn't a clear road. Uh, as I know some other branches of the military say, the enemy gets a say too.
1: <laughs> the enemy does get a say, yeah.
0: Right. And so, yeah, tell me about some other so, setbacks. Uh,
1: some other setbacks. I, I've, I've had a few businesses that have failed. Um, I, I've tried to start a couple, an insurance business a couple times, never able to get that off the ground. The, the first business that I ever tried to do you know, where I was actually going to try to rehab um, distressed properties, I couldn't get that off the ground. Um, but I also, we had to make sacrifices early on my, my wife and I, you know, I, I mentioned, you know, not buying that starter home. Like most people did, we ended up buying that fourplex. And so we're, we're living really in smaller spaces and smaller units than most of our friends, you know, they're living, you know, they're buying nicer houses and, you know, sometimes we, jealous is probably isn't the right word, but sometimes we'd, we'd feel you get the little twinge, the little twinge of inadequacy or jealousy sure. or, or something like that. And then, you know, uh, one of the biggest things was just that, that last piece of real estate that we bought before, like right when the crash happened was a, it was a duplex and it was, we, we, the unit we were living in was three bedrooms and one bathroom. At the time we bought it, we had two kids. We weren't planning on staying there for too long. Well, fast forward six years, you're still we there. leave there <laughs> by the time we left there we had four kids. You know, our youngest was two, about two at the time. Oh. So four kids in a three, in three bedroom, bedrooms. one bathroom house. And you know, it, we we had to deal with that for a little while. And it wasn't, you know, it wasn't the funnest thing in the world, but but we made it through. We were able to make it happen. And you know, we just we had just always made financial sacrifices like that. I think i I think I've talked before that you know during that a lot of that time period too i owned the same car I, I drove a honda civic for 17 years i mean i drove the same car for a really long time because we were making those kind of you know short term financial sacrifices so we could you know invest Achieve money in a long term goal those long term goals you know deliberate conscious decisions of i'm not going to buy a new car every 3 years or even 5 years or something like that i'm going to put my money towards achieving that goal deliberate decisions that help achieve that goal.
0: Yeah. Okay. So what I'm hearing is we definitely, the the short term is important, but the short term is always in service of the long term, or one might say, Chris, the long haul. Okay. Look at that pun. Okay. Look at you go. See that A plus transition people. All right. No, (laughs) but I want to turn it back to trucking and how this, how this applies. I mean, obviously this is a, a, an ownership mindset, this deliberate planning mindset can apply to just about anything. But tell me a little bit about specifically what you're thinking of for somebody starting a trucking company and how all this applies.
1: Well, whether you're starting a trucking company or you've had a trucking company for a while, you know, you, you may not have have really kind of set up that long-term end state of where you want to be. So the first thing I think anybody that needs to do, if they if they really want to kind of up their game, let's say, in trucking. They need to decide what that end state's going to be. So I, we can use kind of two examples. I think we've got two kind of segments of our audience here. You know, some that want to be an owner-operator their in, entire life and and feel like they don't want to deal with the headaches of the fleet. They just want to make just want that money independence. for themselves, that independence, um, more financial freedom. And then you've got, you've got the guys that want to grow into a fleet. So that end goal is is going to be probably pretty significantly different for those two groups. So you take, for example, an owner-operator that you may have the end goal of, you want to always have your truck and trailer paid off so that you can maximize your profits, or you may just want to attain a certain income level. So one, you need to hit that, figure out what that end state is. Um, For a fleet owner, it might be growing to a certain size or creating a business income level that you want, that you can achieve without having to be in the business 100% of the time. So it's it's really just boils down to figuring out what that end state's gonna be and what that looks like for you. That's step one.
0: Okay, all right, and so do you have an example of this? Can we break this down to be a little bit more specific? Because um, you have worked with a lot of people in the trucking industry over the years. Uh, so do, do you have any examples of people who have exhibited this mindset or <laughs> lacked it maybe? I
1: I was hoping you'd ask that question. <laughs> and, and yeah, I've, I've seen guys, that have done that. I've, you know, I've seen some clients go from, um, you know, a a single owner operator to dozens. We we even have one client that's got over a hundred trucks that, you know, started, you know, it took him about 13 years, but he's over a hundred trucks started as an owner operator, super successful. Um, and, and we've seen all levels of success kind of in between that. So, um, what I kind of like to use an example is let's just talk about a small feet, fleet. Let's say you you uh, want to grow into a small fleet, and you want to be able to gain about ten thousand dollars a month of income.
0: Right. Okay.
1: And I as the owner. You as the owner. Right. Ten thousand okay. dollars a month in income. So if if you think about it, you kind of use some of the figures that we've seen with Holland assets and and what kind of income that produce. It's very realistic to see that. Um, you should be able to get at least $2,000 a month in net income per truck.
0: All right. So that's profit after you pay the driver, after after you do all the the pay the truck and the trailer and all that. So two grand a month.
1: Two grand a month. Per truck. Per truck. And so if if we've got that end goal, that end state of $10,000 a month, in net income, we can just kind of start backwards planning from there. Okay. So that means how many trucks do we need? I know math isn't your favorite subject. Hang on, let me get my abacus. (laughs) Let me grab my slide rule.
0: Five trucks. All right. We need five Five trucks.
1: trucks. So then you just start backwards planning. Okay. Say I've got one truck today. I want to be at five trucks. How long is it going to take me to do that? And you can kind of figure out, okay, um, I, I want to grow kind of conservatively. I don't want to feel overly stressed. I want to be able to put down all the money I need. I don't want to have to get additional loans other than just maybe the loans on the equipment. Uh, I don't want to have to get a loan for the down payment or anything like that. You know, you you figure maybe it's going to take me a year between each truck. So then you know, you know, four years down the road I need to be able to purchase truck four and then so on three, two, all the way down to where you, you have you are know, purchasing your second truck. So for, for most guys in that kind of situation, at the end of year two, you're going to be buying truck number two at the end of year three, truck number three, four. And so, so five or six years down the road is when you've purchased that, that fifth truck. Okay. And so you just, then you kind of just make little, you can make little incremental plans even between there. Like, you know, say you've got your one truck today, you're at the end of the first year, you've created this financially sound company, um, and and now you're just going to start saving money for that down payment. So you you kind of look at it. You kind of figure out, okay, how much money am I going to need to be able to buy that second truck? Well, if it's um, twenty thousand dollars to buy the truck and the trailer, then you need to set aside two thousand bucks a month into a savings account that is kind of your, you know, sacred money for the right. you know buying that second truck. And just you just kind of create a very deliberate path to get you from your one truck to two, two to three, three to four, and so on and so forth until you get up to your five. And then at that point, you kind of look at it. Have I achieved that goal or do I need to make some tweaks to it? Well, you know, Chris, that all
0: sounds very, very easy. And I'm glad because <laughs> everything's easy, right? It A lot of it, <laughs> it is. In reality, okay, you no, know, like all joking aside- Simple. I'll... It sounds simple, even if it's not easy. I should there, make that
1: distinction. That is a
0: good distinction.
1: It, it A lot of this stuff is really- not rocket science. It's just having a good plan, making that plan and executing it. I mean, that most of it's not rocket science. It's yeah. really not.
0: So yeah, it's simple, not easy. It, it, there are plenty of things that you can't control. you know, we've had the bullets flying analogy. You never know what's going to happen, but if you don't have a plan at all, then you're, you're definitely sunk, right?
1: Yeah, uh, absolutely. But you're, you're sunk before you even start. So have that plan. And then, you know, like you said, yeah, focus on the things you control because, because plans are going to change things, you know, things are going to come after you that you hadn't planned for, but that's where you focus on the things that you can control. So like with me and the economy in 2008, I couldn't control the economy. I couldn't control who would or wouldn't give me loans. And and at that point, you know, loans kind of dried up. And so I just focused on the things that I could control. I focused on my, how much money I was saving. I focused on. Um, the b- business opportunity and being ready for a business opportunity because that's when um, my that, that that's when I came upon the opportunity to buy Motor Carrier HQ. It, it was Progressive Reporting Agency, Motor Carrier HQ. Um, we bought it as Progressive Reporting Agency. Um, in 2010 so still in the in the middle of the recession but we got a good price for it and you know we were it, it was losing money at the time but we were able to make some tweaks and some changes and and able to turn it around pretty quickly so I was just focusing on that focusing on growing it until conditions changed and I was able to um, you know the the economy recovered lending restrictions loosened and and I was able to kind of get back on track with my goal
0: and that goal is what it all started with. And that's what we kind of want to keep coming back to, right? Is this idea, you keep calling it backward planning, but uh, Stephen Covey would call it beginning with the end in mind, but know where you want to get so that you can know in what direction to point yourself yeah, at the yeah. very least, right? Um, and But now I want to get back to something that I brought up once or twice now through the episode, and that's... The idea that it's never too late to start, or that you're never the wrong person to do this kind of thing. Because, like I said, I do not have the same kind of planning, you know, 20 year plan, entrepreneurial mindset <laughs> that you do. I, I don't have that. And yet, I can kind of recognize little things that I might do to emulate this sort of mindset, even if it's not native to me. Right. But, but tell me a little bit about, uh, let's, let's, back up and just start with the uh, it's never too late aspect so and then come back to the other one I,
1: I can use a, a, a pretty good example of my family of, of it never being too late um, let's talk about my grandpa so I, I talked about my farmer grandpa earlier on the in the podcast so this is my my contractor grandpa who is a, a contractor and he, he was just a small con- construction contractor mostly did like simple remodels and things like that. Well, he never made more than $30,000 a year in his entire life up until he was in his 50s. Then in his mid-50s, he decided to buy his first rental property. He bought a, a triplex that had a bunch of land on it. And to make a long story short, over the years, he added a unit to the triplex. He ended up building two more triplexes. You know, He, he still never made a ton of money during that whole time, but he, he lived fairly frugally. And he ended up dying you know, in his uh, late, late 70s with a net worth worth over $2 million because he started, even though it was in his mid-50s, but he was deliberate about how he went about doing it. He bought the piece of real estate, added more to his portfolio, got it all paid off as quickly as he could. And... You know, he ended up being financially very successful, even though he didn't start until he was in his fifties. Was this the grandpa that whose farm you went and worked on? No, that was a different grandpa. Oh, okay. a, right. The contractor grandpa, not the farmer grandpa.
0: That's that, henceforth shall they be known.
1: <laughs> that's how they'll be known. Yeah. yeah uh,
0: and oh, okay. So that's a good example. It, it's never too late. And I would just want to throw out there as well, if you don't mind me doing this, Chris, that not everybody's goals have to be the same. You kind of touched on this a little bit with the trucking company thing. You know, one guy might just want the independence of being an owner operator. I just want my truck, just me in the open road, and that's it, right? I don't want to answer to anybody else. I want to have my own company. Somebody else might be thinking, no, nah, I want that five truck fleet. I want that hundred truck fleet. And so those goals are really different. And I would extend that out and just say, you know, your, your life goals, not just your trucking company, but your life goals might look very different. So for you, it's, you know, you wanted to, uh, to what is own a million dollars in real estate, be worth a million dollars and then be financially independent. I have this kind of loose goal in mind. Um, I shouldn't say it's loose. I, it's, I have a goal that I want to be able by the time I'm, oh, let's see, what am I 34? Yeah. By the time I'm 40, I want to be able to work remotely anywhere in the world that will let me set up shop. So basically, you know, working online, doing uh, contract work or uh, freelance work, whatever, so, so that I can go live in Normandy or Costa Rica or whatever, you know, wherever I end up wanting to go, I have that kind of goal in mind. And so I can now see where I have, because I have that goal, I've positioned myself, I've, I've uh, given myself a direction to go in and, give, uh, and went for certain types of jobs gone for certain types of side gigs that would give me the experience that I want, you know, to, to point me in that direction. Does that make sense? Yeah. And so it's, you and I have very different life goals, but having the goals is the first step.
1: And and there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, th- th- that's why, you know, for most of us, that's why we work. I mean, most of us don't necessarily work because we love doing it a hundred percent of our time. Right. You know, really what we're trying to engineer here is kind of a lifestyle, you know, that's, that's really why we, for the most part, do all this is to, to live a certain lifestyle. And, you know, like for me, I, I don't necessarily want a super extravagant lifestyle by any means. I just, I want that independence. I, I want that freedom of not feeling tied down, not feeling like feeling like my time's my own and I can do whatever it is that I want. And so that's, that's really what that boils down to. And, and somebody else's ideal life might be something completely different like yours. You, you, you may, I mean, it, Living somewhere where you want to, doing what you want to do—that that's that's your lifestyle. And so it's it's really just kind of creating that plan to get you to where you want to be. And you know whether that's in trucking or and in, in something else, it's it's different for everybody. And there's nothing wrong with those different versions. Yeah,
0: very good. So Chris, any parting thoughts then uh, to tie this all together as far as you know having an owner mindset, being deliberate. Anything else you want to share?
1: You know, I I really truly believe, I mean, it sounds like it's, I'm maybe oversimplifying this a little bit, but being deliberate and having that goal is one of the things that has helped me probably more than just about anything else getting to where I am and will help me get to, to be where I want to be is is just having that goal and being deliberate about how you get there, making sure that you're kind of holding yourself accountable to all those little intermittent goals between now and the the end goal and, and if, if you don't have a goal, if it's not written down, it's just a dream, and dreams typically don't come true unless you make it happen, and you've got to be deliberate to make sure that happens. You control your own destiny.
0: You know, I've heard that a lot. If you don't, a goal that isn't written down is just a dream, and so here's what I want. I would love to hear from some people who are listening in. When you have a moment, go to find us on Facebook, Holland Assets, or go to Holland Assets, LLC. Go to the show notes for this episode, and uh, I... I would love to hear what people's goals are, whether, you know, life or trucking, but, uh, you know, maybe it's your trucking company. Where do you want it to be? Do you, are you just a, you know, me in the open road, independent operator kind of guy? Or do you want to get out there, start a fleet? What are your goals? And and how long do you want to take to achieve them? And I'd be very interested to hear where people's minds are at. And, I would
1: too. That would be awesome to hear. Yeah. Hear some stories from people and, and just uh, sharing those goals. I mean, it, we can, as a community you know, support each other and encourage each other. It, it's it's never easy to, to accomplish those goals. I mean, I've kind of oversimplified it in this episode, but I mean, we've, I've gone through a lot of stresses and trials and heartaches and, you know, ups and downs, you know, had wins and losses. And, um, you know, it, it's always nice to have, you know, people that you can talk to about that and share your experiences with and hear from other people's experiences. It's a great way to learn and gain experience. So,
0: go share that with us in fact something that i haven't done in the past but i'll do it this time is i will share a link to the facebook group on the show notes or in the show notes so if you go check out the show notes for this episode there will be a link to the uh, com and to the facebook group i'd love to hear from people in both of those places that would be great cool all right chris so uh, i will see you next week i suppose do we know what's coming up
1: uh P&L, i believe is most likely what we're going to be doing next Ooh, episode time for
0: uh is that august report august report all right sounds good i'll see you next week see you then